Welcome back, everybody. This is the Black Watch Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Sampson, with my co-host, Destiny Johnson. Today, we are talking about what needs to be talked about in the Black community and then brought out to the world. And this is what I mean by it needs to be talked about in the Black community first. And that thing is seeking white validation. And here's what I mean by when I say seeking white validation and then destiny, you can determine the meaning for yourself. When I say seeking white validation, it doesn't mean speaking your truth that just happens to be contrarian to, you know, most black people or the majority of black people or the plurality of black people. That's not what I mean by seeking white validation. What I'm saying is I'm speaking to people in particular who shape and mold who they are. And this isn't code switching, and this isn't being adaptable to your environment, but to the detriment of your own community and the appearance of your own community, what you do is you make it seem as if you agree with the negative stereotypes about black people in order to fit in with white people or whatever you believe to be the appropriate stance amongst white people. And this is what I mean, just to differentiate between, you know, your everyday code switching on the job where maybe you change the, you know, the tone of your voice or you use words that are quote unquote more professional. That's fine. That's not seeking white validation. That's just you doing something different for the workplace. But like I said, more specifically, when I discuss seeking white validation is when somebody says something to which you do not agree that puts black people in a negative stereotype and then you co-sign it just so you can be accepted. Like I like you'll see it all the time where it says, you know, there's this notion that, you know, black people are violent, black people are bad fathers, black people are ghetto. And then you jump on that thought process, even though you don't believe it, just so you've disarmed your white colleagues or your white social circle for them to now think like, oh, he's one of us. He's okay. You know, we can let him in the group. Destiny, what are your thoughts? Well, if I like looked into it, basically as deep as your perspective for me I feel like it just describes someone seeking approval from a white person so I think like unconsciously like probably everyone is guilty of it at some point because I think like externally like we've all been taught that like white is right essentially because you know we are the minority and that's mainstream and that's what we were raised and we've always been looking at so I think like what you're trying to say is even when it comes to speaking like the white way is the right way and that's why people um, ignorantly say like you know talking properly like good correct is white and anything bad is black kind of thing. Yeah, and, and see, that's why I wanted to differentiate between the two, because I think they can be conflated, right? You can get somebody who, like I said, changes the way they speak. Maybe they speak 
you know, um, when they're around their family and friends, they speak more laid back. They're not using the Queen's English as people are known to say. Like, that's one thing, right? And that I don't really necessarily have a problem with that. I don't even necessarily have a problem with people not blowing up in the workplace when somebody says something that's remotely inappropriate. What I'm speaking to is more specifically the idea of people, you know, a lot of times people say you see this in policing where they say a lot of times it's worse to be pulled over by the black cop because the black cop wants to be accepted amongst his white peers so a lot of times they'll be you know even more aggressive or or more like more likely to escalate a situation there's always been that kind of you know uh stereotype amongst black uh, for black officers now i know some black officers that certainly that does not apply to but i'm saying there's there's always been kind of that that understanding like to show that they're that they're blue before they're black they want to you know be extra aggressive and you know like i said do things that aren't necessarily by the book and similarly when i'm saying people who seek white validation it's it's a, a lot of times it's completely unprovoked so we we talk about in the context of a Herschel walker right so Herschel walker for those of you who don't know former football legend, I wouldn't even say former football legend, he's a current football legend, but former football player from the University of Georgia. I mean, this guy was won the Heisman, you know, he, he's responsible for some of my Cowboys Super Bowl because of the Herschel Walker trade. I don't want to get too much into the football, but when we're it's just- like an OJ Simpson. When we're just talking football, that dude was legit and he was one hell of a ball player. But the reason why I bring up his name is so he's running for political office on what platform anywhere was it a topic of discussion about black fathers not being in the home and black fathers not being good fathers that wasn't on anybody's agenda nobody who you would poll would say my number one issue coming into this election was the black father not being in the home you couldn't pull 10 people to give you that answer. But yet when he was on the, you know, the trend, the, the campaign trail and speaking to issues, he made a point to bring that up. Now we're going to get into the fact that, you know, he's a complete hypocrite. And then if you look into him, uh, he's had a whole bunch of kids that he hasn't been an active participant in their lives. But beyond that, it's the fact that you bring that up. And so the question becomes, well, what is the purpose of bringing up this particular issue when it's not an issue of quote unquote importance for your, for you running? And the reason is, is because especially in the South, he thinks, oh, if I say something that's negative about black people, it will disarm me to uh, white people. It will make me look less like somebody who they need to be afraid of because it's somebody who, quote unquote, thinks like them. And that's the whole thought process about people who seek white validation. And I think the other context that we've seen more recently is Kanye West with the whole White Lives Matter shirt when he goes black lives matter is a lie how can black lives matter with you know you know everybody always brings up chicago but if or black lives matter you know the notion that it's racist well if you believe all that then how can you wear a white lives matter t-shirt is that not equally racist it's because the the problem that he particularly has is especially with the whole kim kardashian thing he started to look 
Cat crazy, and a lot of people in the media were saying, oh my God, what he's doing is abusive behavior. And he started to lose his whole hold, especially with Donald Trump being out of the media, on a large segment of the white population. So to combat that, he was like, oh, let me do something crazy and outlandish to, you know, kind of give them a wink and a nod that I'm still on their side. Yeah, for sure, 100%. And I think too, like, even just for like the lay person, I think that like, you know, other people, not even just the lay person, but I mean, like large examples that we could look to is like something that bothers me so much is like when you see artists and they're like on social media, they're big on social media, like their songs can be going viral on TikTok by black audiences for like months and as soon as like some off rhythm white person does it like that artist wants to like post it and it's like oh my god look at this person like doing like my dance or whatever and it's like oh because now like the white person's into it like now you're completely validated like the black support was not enough and I feel like even like you had touched on Kanye West so I feel like even like the issue with him is I don't know, like I've listened to like a quite a few different podcasts and like radio shows. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like maybe he felt like an outsider to the black community. So it's just like easier for him to relate to like white people. But it's just like, his whole thing is like, why do you have to like steer up like all this controversy and hatred towards one group that you think is better? But like the correlation between Kanye West and Herschel Walker is also like, I don't know if they have this complete like conservative position because both of them <laughs> are in politics and are politicians. To say Kanye West is a politician is actually a fucking joke, but are politicians and like, you know, like Donald Trump is the blueprint for anyone to become, you know, president of the United States. And like, they're inspired by this and they're like, okay, well, this right wing, this is how I appeal to them. And we know that there's tons of white people that are strive off race and like, you know, like they think like white is the best. And this is how I appeal to them to be like, you know, just like the, the, the token black person. No, and, and here's the thing, uh, and I think we need to be very conscientious as this, uh, you know, as black people, I think you always need to be very conscientious. It's like, there's always the need for the useful idiot. And what I mean by that is the powers that be who want to create certain racial social hierarchies or who have nefarious intent, they're more than willing to put their arm around one to be the, like you said, the token black person, to be their evidence of non-racism, to prove, like to push racist ideas and a racist agenda, right? So I put my arm around Kanye. I say Kanye's my be the best friend. He's the, he's the best person in the world, but I use him as a vehicle to push a racist a fucking agenda. But now I can't be called racist because I have a black person who's a, spokesperson or the mouthpiece of it and if, in all actuality even if i have to elevate this one black person this useful idiot in order to accomplish my goals the damage that i could use 
um, that I could do to thousands or even potentially millions of people of color is a is a worthy enough trade-off for me. And that's what a lot of people do is they get these useful idiots like Kanye and like Herschel Walker, who also, if we're going to be honest, but it's a separate discussion, both suffer from mental illness. Now, um, they're both documented. This isn't me just saying, oh, this, these are black people I disagree with, so let me you know, a slap on the label of mental illness. That's that's not what I'm doing, and I know people do that. But Kanye and Herschel Walker both have documented histories with severe mental illness. And like I said, the reason why this is significant is because when it comes time to find the useful idiot to push your agenda, it helps when that person is malleable, when that person can be easily pushed in one direction or another, because now they don't have enough intellect to realize that these people don't actually like me. And when I say these people, I'm not talking about white people in general. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the people who are using you for the nefarious purpose, they don't actually care about you, but you're not smart enough to really realize that. And now you're willing to do their bidding on their behalf because now you've found some form of acceptance. And I think you've hit on a point that's very significant. A lot of the times it's people who maybe through their formative years weren't really accepted by you know, maybe it'd be black people or people in general. So I know Herschel Walker discusses the fact that before he was this athletic, you know, beast of a person, he was fat and overweight. And he used to, you know, his story that I've, you know, paid attention, he used to pay people at lunchtime just to have a conversation with him. He used to give people parts of his lunch just so that they could sit and talk to him. And he went and he was from the very racist South where a lot of times it would be, you know, um, white people who were, were picking on him and making fun of him. So part of him always wanted to look good in their eyes because in his formative years, he, he never had that type of validation. And I think Kanye, in a different um, sense, if you look at his history, he talks about how, especially when he was coming up in the music game, he always wanted to be a rapper, but everybody was only looking at him as a producer. Everybody was only saying, no, this is the box we want to put you in. And nobody really believed in his abilities as a rapper, even though that was his dream. So again, it comes back to this idea of, wanting to be validated in general and then picking the category of people who, let's be honest, black, I mean, white people are the majority or the plurality of people. So, of course, they, they've kind of set their targets to be accepted by a quote unquote, the majority of people. And I think if in particular, when it comes to the music industry, you're not hot, hot until white people really fuck with your music. So it's like, there's a lot of people who are big on the HBCU scene who are big amongst black people in the community, but until their songs are really bumped and played on the radio and white people really know about them as an artist, people don't view them as mainstream. Yeah, I guess you have a point there. But back to like, you know, being used as like an idiot, I just feel like how does that benefit them? Like, sure, if that's on the agenda and it's pushing, like, other people's narratives, which, like, you know, Donald Trump or whoever, I feel like, how is it working for a Herschel Walker or Kanye West? I feel like... But I want to kind of get back to what you were saying about 
why do it? Why be the useful idiot? Well, if you look historically, and I don't really want to put Amos and Andy in this particular category, but a lot of times there's a lot of fame and fortune to being the useful idiot. And like I said, I don't want to put Amos and Andy in this particular category because I think their story is a lot different and they were working with societal pressures that were a lot different. And I think they opened a lot of doors for a lot of black entertainers. And I don't think they get the credit that they ultimately deserve. So I only say that to say this, when you're the person pushing the narrative, there's fame and there's fortune a lot of times that are attached to it. So Kanye, Kanye being who he is, Kanye's worth $10 billion or even more than that at this point because why? Because people buy his clothes, because people buy his album. So to a certain extent, it's working for Kanye. Whatever, whatever you say, whatever it is, but if if he was only hot within the black community, he wouldn't, he wouldn't likely, he it was, it's very likely that he wouldn't have this level of success. And for Herschel Walker, when, like, to be honest with you, I think his is a little different. You could argue he maybe would have done better if he would have just ran as a traditional Democratic Black candidate. But in, in Georgia in particular, where it, whereas the base of his popularity, you know, although they, they have a current Democrat in there, usually it's the case that Georgia votes Republican. So it's advantageous for him to have won the Republican primary and then now run on the ticket. And if he wasn't such an idiot and a poor candidate, the fact that he ha is so popular amongst white people would have served him very well for, as far as running. He might still ultimately win, but it, it, the fact that it's even a discussion that he's gonna win with how bad of a candidate he is, points to his level of popularity as a football player, but also some of the positions that he's taken in order to be ingratiated within the um, the white community at large um, within, you know, the, the Southern, you know, the Southern political atmosphere. Yeah, and that's all fine and everything, but also there's a way to do things. So my issue with him is like, there's a way for you to get ahead without putting your race down because it's coming off a lot like self-hatred and also like I mean even when we go back to Kanye it's just like you know like you know that you're saying things that are very controversial and it's just like why because also you say things like you use like race and like controversial things to benefit you because also like when you're mad at the Kardashians, like you want to have black people on your side and you have to say with my black kids and this and these white people are doing this and that and this, like you're very much using race to control a narrative and to control people into being on your side. So it's just like, why do all that? And I don't think that he believes any of the stuff that he's doing. Like he's definitely like an, an attention seeker for sure. Like it's always for a purpose. And I don't think that he, he might have mental health issues, whatever, but he's like very intellectual. Like, let's be real. It's just like, but what is the purpose? Like you can do and be as great as you can be without all the extra stuff. And I'm sure I don't, I'm not really familiar with Herschel Walker like that, but it's just like, if you're running for public office, why aren't we discussing your policies? It's just why, I guess too, like it's us as a nation, like we, as a nation as a whole, we're not that intellectual. So this is the things that get society talking and then it's in the news. So I guess Donald Trump had made that clear that, you know, you talk about nonsense, race, 
racism is what people want to discuss. So it's just like really ridiculous. And it's an, it's an, it's offensive. And another thing that like, I have an issue with, with like the media is now that, I mean, like Kanye has been saying things about Jews, which we all know in America is just completely off limits. Like now you're being canceled and you're being silenced and on social media, your accounts being restricted. But I mean, you can say like all things that you want to say about black people all day, like about slavery, about, you know, white over black and this and that and this, and it just goes and it's just there and you just look like a complete idiot and we're just upset. Here, here's the thing. And I want to, I want to address a couple of things you said i think it was a very astute point on your on i think it was a very astute point when you pointed out that when it when it was convenient and it worked to his perceived benefit he was very willing to play up to black people with oh well at least attempt to and say oh with my black kids or yada 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 i think that's a very astute point because it's, it's showing a level of sophistication and tactfulness when he says these type of things. But one thing that I will say just to um, kind of couch this conversation into, uh, I, I would say appropriate boxes. I think you can be a genius in certain aspects and be a complete fucking idiot in other aspects. And what I mean by this, I certainly think Kanye is a creative I think he has brilliant ideas, whether that be in fashion. I think he's very, I think when it comes to left brain, he's very much a genius. But when it comes to critical thinking, when it comes to um, just other forms of intelligence that are more right brain, I actually think he's a fucking idiot. So I think on one hand, he has this genius level to him, which is on his creative left brain side, but on the right brain side, I think he's very undeveloped and is an idiot. I think Herschel Walker, on the other hand, is just a complete idiot. Now, I don't know if that's a product of him more so of taking a lot of hits from playing football. I don't know if he's always be an idiot. I know like he struggled in school when he was younger, but then eventually became valedictorian of his high school. But he doesn't strike me as someone who is an extremely intelligent person. And the reason why I think a person like Herschel Walker would certainly want to do this as a politician is because if he had to get into the nuance and the minutia of fucking politics with all these complex fucking topics, this nigga, I mean, this dude would never fucking win. Like, he would never fucking win. Why? He doesn't understand it. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And even to a worse degree than probably Donald Trump. This motherfucker has no clue what the fuck he's talking about. So if he could focus on just being quote unquote likable, because he's already he's already a legend within the state of Georgia. So if he could focus on my likability more so than the policy, then that's his only chance to win. If he had to match wits with um, Mr. Warnock, that shit is not a competition. Like I'm just gonna. I'm just going to put that on the table. That shit's not going to be fucking close. When he, If he had to go detail for detail on policy with Raphael Warnock, this motherfucker would get embarrassed. So make it about racial issues. Make it about likability. Make it about where do you stand on social issues. 
Because if you go to politics and you're Herschel Walker and you're a complete idiot, you're not gonna you're not gonna do well. You're not gonna fare well. You're gonna be made to you know. There's this old quote: "It's better to be thought to be an idiot than to open your mouth and remove all doubt." And it's like it's it's a one thing for people to think like, "Oh, this guy doesn't really have a grasp on policy. He really doesn't know what he's talking about." It's one thing for people to, to think that about you. It's another thing entirely to start discussing these issues at length on the public forum, and then people being like. Oh, no, all these things that we thought, oh, they're true. This motherfucker has no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, my whole thing with both of these individuals that we're talking about is just that they don't understand, like, the platforms that they have and, like, the power that they have on, you know, the country. And it's just, like, you're saying this because you feel that you can say this because you know, you appear to be like a black individual, but then it's like you are, you're encouraging other races and people to say these things. Like what, what are you gonna do when there's like white people all around with like white lives matter shirts on? It's just like, you know, they probably aren't gonna have the same intent that you have. Or for Herschel Walker when, not that they don't say this already, but it's just like, you know, like black men are not present and they're not good fathers. And you know, they start families and then up and leave, then what? It's just like, like, you just have to understand, I just need for them to understand that, like the precedent that they're, they're making, like, it's just not cool. And it's cool for anyone to have their beliefs or whatever, but just don't be disrespectful about it. And, and this is why I kind of brought up the whole Amos and Andy situation, even though I kind of wanted to work to separate the two, is because, so for those of you who don't know who Amos and Andy were, they were two um, Black entertainers that during their time, they played a lot of the Black characters, caricatures of Black people. So they acted dumb or they act as if, you know, they can grasp simple concepts and they made a lot of money playing those particular characters. And the reason why I make the analogy is because while they became, I wouldn't say independently wealthy, but successful and had good lives, the ramifications of that type of portrayal of black people at large was very detrimental to the black community. But on the other hand, they opened up a lot of doors because people saw how profitable it could be to have black entertainers. So it was kind of a double-edged sword. So similarly, the reason why I kind of made that type of analogy is because when you talk about a Herschel Walker or you talk about Kanye West, what they do doesn't take place in a vacuum. And although they could be individually benefited from doing it vis-a-vis potentially winning an election for Herschel Walker or vis-a-vis selling more Yeezy merchandise if you're Kanye West, although though they can be individually benefited, when you look at how it affects black people and people of color at large, having that type of, you know, co-signing of a, a, a prominent black figure to ideas that are racist and being able to disarm those ideas and saying, you think black people are bad fathers, or like it's some type of genetic predisposition. If that's what you think, well, it's okay for you to think that because here's our black spokesperson, Herschel Walker saying that. If you think slavery wasn't a big deal and it's a choice and you think all these other negative things about black people, that's not racist. Now they're taking history out of school. That's all we're gonna ever know. 
exactly. If, if, if you if you believe those things, well, you're not racist because here's Kanye, our black spokesperson, to tell you that it's not racist and to tell you that, oh, we shouldn't talk about slavery or we should move on or let's not discuss racism. So all these things don't take place in a vacuum. All these things have ramifications outside the black face that makes all these outlandish, you know, statements. And I've, and I've said the same thing, whether it be, uh, I think another person that we can't have the discussion about without mentioning is somebody like a Candace Owens. You know, Candace Owens is very much the type of person who it's not enough for me to be a conservative for them. It's not enough for me to hold ideas that are that generally run counter to most black people. But I have to articulate my ideas that make black people look bad. And if I do that strongly enough, then amongst white people, I will be elevated and people will say, well, here's the designated black voice to speak and spew the racist thoughts and ideology on our behalf. And because it, it's done with a black face, to the white people who may be on the fence who are very conscientious and don't want to be racist, they'll accept it because they have a black speaker who's saying that. And then for the black people who want to fight it, we make it more difficult because, hey, it wasn't a white person who said it. It was your black person. Like, hey, we're not saying it. It's your own black person. Go check them. How can it be our fault? How can we be the racist when these black people are the ones who are saying it? Yeah, totally. But now that I think about it, I feel like, yes, we as a, we are individuals and we can't expect everyone to have our thought process and have our same beliefs. Because I do know that, you know, there's some white people that have issues with white people that denounce racist things that white people do. And they're just like, shut the hell up. I mean, someone that comes to mind, like first person that comes to mind is like the comedian, like Gary Owens. I know white people like some white people like hate him because he always makes it like you know a goal of his is like there's some kind of like injustice in the media like he will speak out against it and I know like white people don't like that and I know just recently also I saw like this video on social media of like this white guy holding up like a black lives matter sign and like the white people were losing their fucking minds like you're, you're like why are you over here standing like with these niggers and this and that and this and it's just crazy so I think it happens on both sides but I just feel like there's a way to express yourself and to get your points across without it coming to like a dangerous point that gives people an excuse to be racist that's like the whole thing. And then back to like what this entire episode is completely about for black people that seek white validation. I think like the main thing is, is that we as a whole, I'm sure like everyone has some kind of unconscious, like yearn for some type of white validation. It's just to feel that first of all, like black culture is low key, like mainstream. Like, we don't have to wait for other cultures to accept it to know that, like, you know, this is what it is. This is what I like. This is what I relate to. This is me. This is me being myself and not 
having to, you know, seek validation from white people accepting it, like being okay in your own skin without someone else saying like, oh, I'm doing that, a white person doing it, and now it's okay. Here, here's one thing that I will say is that on this particular topic, I feel like there's nothing wrong with wanting to fit in. There's nothing wrong with understanding that certain environments, you know, come with a time and place to say certain things or to stand on your soapbox. That's not what I'm really getting at. But one thing I want to say is you don't have to lie to kick it. There's a lot of people who are unapologetically black, who are just completely themselves and white people love them and white people think they're awesome you look back you think about richard pryor your famous comedian or you have you know whether it be an athlete or a rapper or what have you and, and i know it's very easy to say well those people are famous of course people like them and it's like no in your everyday life you could just be yourself and people will have commonalities with you of different races and everything will be okay. Some of the, my best friends that I've ever had in my entire life are white and I'm completely myself. I say exactly what's on my mind. And a lot of times they're like, oh, wow, Larry, you're on one today. But it's always gonna be a respect thing. And it's always like, I don't have to compromise who I am in order to be cool. And I'm telling you, that has crossed many different social circles. It's not that it's just oh one like so social like social circle, and it's like oh that just happened with these group of people. Literally everywhere I've been, I've been able to be unapologetically black, unapologetically myself, and everything still be fine. Everybody still be accepting. Everybody still being cool. Still being inviting to the parties. Still being the person that they're like, oh, Larry, come, come over here, wooty woo. Like you can be completely yourself and still be popular without being famous. So don't compromise yourself in order to quote unquote fit in. Because what you're gonna do is find yourself around a lot of people that when you look back at your life, you're gonna be like, damn, I surrounded myself around people I, I really don't wanna be around. And they're not even around for you because you're putting on this facade to be someone else. So I think that just matters too. And just to add on to what you're adding on, definitely in white settings, because for the most of my life, I was in like white schools and I work in a mostly white firm. And it's just like me being myself, like I always end up being the coolest person anyway, because everybody gravitates to other people in their cultures, I promise you. They're just like, well, what do you think about this? What's your input on this? Like, you always end up being the most interesting person. So it's just like, why just be pretending to be nothing? It's stupid. Yeah, don't melt into the group because if you if you melt into any particular group, you lose that uniqueness, you lose that thing that is what's gonna attract people. Because if you just melt into the ideas of everybody else, 
then you've lost your significance as a person. Whereas if you're, you're just your own person and you come to the table with your own thoughts and stuff like that, people are going to respect that. And like I said, who knows, maybe this is Herschel Walker's and Kanye West's true thoughts. And they're not just saying that because they're seeking white validation. And if there is their own thoughts, then they're entitled to believe whatever the fuck they want to believe. But like I said, it, it screams, it gives me a little bit of a please like me type of vibe. And nobody likes a pick me ass motherfucker. Yes, pick me, pick me, pick me. But other than that, y'all, I hope we don't ever have to talk about Mr. Walker and Mr. West ever again because they're so uninteresting to me. But other than that, we'll catch up with y'all next week. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to our podcast. I am Destiny Johnson. I'm Larry Sampson. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we said that shit. And we meant that shit.